What's up and welcome back to Yelling at Stop Signs. My name is Marco White. I hope you've had a great week. If you're still working, thanks for working. Sorry you have to keep working, but you got to make your money, I guess. Today, I just kind of wanted to talk about like little things in life, uh, whether the good things or bad things or things that we just don't do anymore because of the state of the world as it is right now. I'm going to try and keep it to a minimum of, of complaining. That's pretty much what that part is. But I really want to try and highlight the great parts because all you ever hear about is the bad things these days. I mean, oh, this many people died, this happened, this law passed, and these people are being uh, hurt by it, which we absolutely should talk about those kinds of things. If we don't let those things like be talked about, they're going to go under the radar, they're going to go unnoticed, and it's just going to continue to cycle on like that. But that's a whole other can of worms that I don't want to get into right now. We're going to focus on some of the good, some of the bad. So I'm going to be somewhat serious, somewhat not about this, because it just involves food. And I love food. I, I mean, I just ate. And we're going right back into the idea of food. And that kind of makes me sound like my siblings because it's always just like, oh, what are we having for dinner? You literally just ate breakfast. And it's like, oh, what about second breakfast? But what spurred this was the idea of mozzarella sticks. And I love mozzarella sticks. I mean, how can you not love, like, fried cheese? But, like... Casually eating mozzarella sticks, you don't really do that. You go out, it's an appetizer if you can afford it, whatever. But you don't go to like Walmart and buy mozzarella sticks. Why? Because they're stupid expensive. I mean, I'm not going to pay five bucks for like three mozzarella sticks. I mean, for that price, I could just go to like McDonald's, Jack in the Box, whatever, and get like a whole meal. And it would cause just as much regret in my stomach because of all like the grease and fat sitting in my stomach. But you know what? I'd enjoy it. And like I said, I love like food. I love mozzarella sticks. And I'm not trying to complain about that. What I'm complaining about is like how unreasonable that is. I mean, my wife, Ashley, and I went out with her friend to go get some uh, food at IHOP. And I didn't know this because I haven't gone out to IHOP in, what, a year and we went to IHOP and we pulled up and there's like this little sign that says IHOPy Hour. Now, I'm not sponsored by IHOP, but if they want to sponsor me, that'd be great. But I think the sign said either 2 to 10 or 4 to 10. I don't know. Don't quote me. My short-term memory, not the greatest. Long-term, phenomenal. But they have like this list of food that you can get for like dirt cheap and it's good. And we got... The girls each got a stack of pancakes. One was like a birthday Sunday. One was like a Reese's peanut butter cup slash like Halloween themed one, which super excited about Halloween. Uh, I got like chicken tenders and like pancakes. And then we got like some mozzarella sticks to share. It was like 18 bucks for all that. And I think they got drinks too. I don't remember, but it was like 18 bucks for all of that. And that's, that's great. I love being able to like eat my fill, um, try different things, and when I say try, I mean like take a little bit of everything, enjoy good food, good company, and just relax. And that's that's been kind of hard lately with everything that's going on, like I said. 
But yeah, if you want to like have some good food and just enjoy like a chill atmosphere because that place was dead. And I mean dead. Granted, it was like Tuesday night, but like I've never seen an IHOP be that dead on a Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Like usually there's like some high school kids or something out just chilling. That was the hangout spot growing up and now it's not. Granted, for like my uncle's generation, I think it was Waffle House, but it was kind of that. It kind of reminded me of a Denny's, but that's beside the point. It still had a better atmosphere. It was just dead like Denny's. So I think a good portion of the people that I'm friends with or know or associate with like animals. Uh, when I was younger, not a huge fan of animals. And when I say younger, I mean like 16 to 18 when I was really just out to be a jerk to the world. But I like animals now, and apparently they really like me. I mean, anywhere I go, animals just kind of flock to me, which isn't great because I hate birds. And when a bird's flying at you at a breakneck pace, not the biggest fan. Not scared of them. I just don't like them. Anyways, I have two cats. I have Gizmo, and I've got Smokey. Smokey's a uh, gray tortoiseshell-looking cat. She acts like she's a total queen, and she really is. Uh, we've had her about a year. She's about a year old. We raised and bottle-fed her. Then we've got our boy Gizmo, also known as Dummy Boy. Uh, and I say that in the most endearing way. Gizmo is smart, but for a cat, he's kind of dumb. He's got like a, a tuxedo look to him. But... He does these things, which is what I'm wanting to get into because he's great, right? But when he likes to lay down, he has to get comfortable. Now, most cats, at least in my experience, when they get comfortable, they do their little circle. They need, or if you're a cat owner, they make biscuits, right? Yeah, Gizmo does that, but then he'll get down and then he'll like suckle himself, you know? It's kind of a weird thing. Like, you know how, like, a kid will use, like, a pacifier to go to sleep, right? Well, he does that, and I'm not sure why he does that. He was one of six cats, I think. We adopted him, mainly because, like, the uh, owners of the uh, mother were like, oh, we don't want all these kittens, but we can't take care of them all. So we'll send her to this foster like family so they can help raise the kittens. And once all the kittens are gone or up to a certain age, we'll take the cat back and then they can help uh, get the cats out to people that are responsible, like good people, you know. But that's one of the things that really gets me about Gizmo. And I mean, he is the sweetest cat. You uh, granted, if you try and like give him any affection, like besides petting like, if you want to try and pick him up, he'll kind of, like, do that thing where people are, like, inching away with, like, their neck, you know, where they're, like, leaning back further. And they get, like, the weird double chin. You know the thing I'm talking about. Uh, but, like I said, great cat. Smokey, however. Smokey is, like I said, she's a queen, but she's, like, the evil queen most days. Uh, when we got her. She was a real sweet little baby. She loved to play and, like, bite and nip and everything at, like, your hands, right? 
well, she grew up and she got bigger and she's like, oh, bites mean playtime. And then when we tried to like tell her no and not do that, more bites, which is kind of why we got Gizmo so she could have someone to play with. But up until that point, she'd like claw the heck out of your arms, bite you. Her new thing is whenever she sees anything that has liquid, a liquid, I just say it like a liquid in it, water, soda, anything, and it's left on a counter or anywhere that's above ground level, she will make it her personal mission to knock that receptacle over. And then she'll, she'll just sit there staring at, she won't even like lick it up. She'll just stare at it. And it's kind of annoying, but then she'll just roll over on her belly and act like she did nothing wrong. Cats. I mean, same thing for like dogs. Dog chews up, what, your favorite pair of sneakers and you're just like, oh, you're mad for day tops and you're just like, oh, you're such a good boy. The things that we put up with for our pets, they're, they're basically people, right? So I'm not on like the uh, current trends as far as like having TikTok and everything, but my wife has one and occasionally she'll share one or two or an hour's worth of content. It really just depends on the day. But my main source of memes comes from Facebook. And when I'm scrolling on Facebook, I'll get like a video that is shared from TikTok. And it'll, the one that I saw was one where it was one of those e-boys, the ones with the flippy hair, the one earring, and like the, uh, oh, don't you just love my smile? Smiles like came across and there's another fellow reacting. He's just like, doing some sort of like absolutely chaotic reaction on the other side. It was it was stupid is my point. But that wasn't what caught my attention. What really gets me on Facebook, what really makes me laugh is the comments. Like you'll scroll through the comments and people are so clever. Like they'll absolutely roast something about it or they'll have some sort of observation that you might have missed or people are just funny. Like it's insane. Like I'm almost envious. Almost. But one of the comments on that one really caught my eye. It was a fellow complaining about how guys like that made it hard for guys like him to find girls and how badly they treat women. Now, I will not downplay the idea that that guy might treat women bad. I don't know. Uh, not going to make a blanket statement about it. But I will say that that brought to mind something really cringy that I thought of. And that's the idea of like, I'm a good guy, the good guy complex. And everyone knows what it is, but it's those guys that are just like, oh, I'm so good. Why can't I find a girlfriend or whatever? And it's just like, you're complaining about not having a girlfriend, but what's going to change when you get one? Someone's like, oh, it'll be better. But will it, though? What are you doing right now? Nothing. So you're doing nothing to get better. Do you see the problem in that? Anyway, 
it's just one of those things that people really like ham on, you know, like how are you going to try and sell yourself as this great, amazing guy that nobody wants? Like when you actually put yourself in a position that shows that you're ready to have something like that, that shows that you're a person that people want to be around or not like bellyache like that. I mean, people recognize that. I mean, to say you're a good person, it kind of defeats the purpose. It's just like saying, it's just like those videos where people go up to a homeless person and like, oh, hey man, here's a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's great that you gave him a hundred bucks, but why'd you have to record it? Why couldn't you just give homeboy like a hundred bucks or take him out to like Longhorn or something? Like if you're really that concerned with the well-being of others, don't make a spectacle of it. Let your good deeds be unknown except to yourself and those who see it firsthand. You don't do, you don't do good deeds for the notoriety. You do good deeds because you want to do good. And that's literally what it is. You're, you don't say you're a good guy. You just be one. You just try your best to actually make life easier for other people. And when you do that kind of stuff, um, my grandpa, my, both my grandpas, actually all my grandparents, they are, they were the ones that are, my grandpa White's still alive. My, uh, other grandparents are no longer with us, but, um, they're good people. And I can say that with earnest. They're you don't, they don't just go around to him like, Oh, I'm such a great man. My grandpa white is big old dude. Like when he was my age, he was picking up the back end of station wagons, apparently, or beetle. I don't remember what it was. He was picking up the back of cars anyway. Um, and my grandpa Marco was the type of guy that was just ridiculously clever and they're both really eloquent and they always have good people around them. They had a few bad people in their life that hung around them, but when you're a good person, like an actual good person, you're not trying to sell yourself as like, oh, I'm X, Y, and Z. Like you're a light, right? And you got to imagine that this light is attracting like moths. Like it's a weird analogy, but it when you're a light, you attract good and bad things, right? Because the good people like to be around like-minded individuals. And the bad people like to feed off that energy, right? Now, I'm not saying the guys that like tote on their their hip that they're a good guy, like they have the good guy club badge or whatever. But it's one of those things where the more you try and like harp on something like the more you try and like force something like that, the less people want it. You know, when I was a kid, I, I thought it was like the end all be all to have like a girlfriend and, Oh, this will be so much cooler when I have a girlfriend. Couldn't drive. Didn't mean anything. Oh, I can drive. Oh, it'll be so much better when I have a girlfriend. Still 
not something. It wasn't until I took a two-year break from dating after a series of events that were just utterly chaotic that it really clicked. Like, you have to be able to appreciate the time that you're alone and really take some, like, time to look introspectively on who you are as a person because you shouldn't let your own words define who you are and you don't necessarily have to let other people define who you are but the way you walk and carry yourself will really just speak volumes for who you are as a man and I think we've forgotten that as a people like there's so much like involved with being like oh I'm such a manly man. I do this. Oh, I. There's so much to being like. Not just a man, but being a good person without uttering a single word sometimes. I'm not going to profess that I'm a good person. Like, heck, I could lecture you all day about being a good person. But you know what? It, the good habits that I have and the ones that I try and practice and the ones I don't have, it kind of reminds me of my laundry. Yeah, I did some of it, but the rest of it's sitting in the corner just waiting for me to tackle it. But you know what? It's still going to be two weeks. And even then, I'm still going to have to tackle it again right after that. That's how good habits are formed. That's how you really develop your character as a person. And we're, we just live in a world where instant gratification is everything we want. And that's really where all that stems from. It's the instant gratification of having someone or... I guess the people that think like that think it's something rather than someone because once you enter into that kind of stuff, you're really just try, not trying to make someone happy or trying to make it so they continue to be happy, that they enjoy the time you have together. And that's really hard. Like I've been married almost three years now and I still am not the perfect husband. I'm still not the best person I can be. In fact, I struggle more than I'd like to admit sometimes. And that's okay. I mean, I'm not going to act like I'm some sort of martyr, but I'm definitely trying. And that's the biggest thing. Like, if you're going to profess anything to the world, don't tote that you're like, oh, I'm so good. Tote that you're trying, that you're trying to better yourself, that you're trying to make a better world for someone, that you're trying to be anything more than what you are as an individual. Because that's really what speaks volumes about you as a person. I could go on and on and on about like the values of being a better person man whatever but i think that's pretty sufficient i complained a lot about that one so even with how crazy things are it's nice that we can still see some of our friends family in like small little numbers right and every sunday we have or at least we try to every Sunday, have some meal with our friends who live over in like the edge of Arkansas, like 
close into Oklahoma, right? And that's great. Like, we don't have a lot of friends down here. A lot of our my friends are back up in St. Louis or down in Texas or up in like Idaho, Utah area. Kind of a nice little spread, right? And I, I'm not forgetting anyone in the other states. I just don't want to list like a good chunk of the United States or wherever else they are, you know? But I will say that this pandemic has really just kind of flipped the script on me. I'm an extrovert by nature. My wife is an introvert. And I've never had trouble interacting with people. I've never really struggled with that stuff. In fact, some people might say I'm too friendly and I talk too much. I mean, could you imagine me talking too much? Come on. It's honestly a curse I get from my old man, but he's a friendly guy too. But the kicker is the pandemic, when we were all just like holed up for that first few months, whatever, it time is weird, right? We just kind of kept to ourselves. And I don't know if I'm just not used to it, but daily interactions really just exhaust me. And sometimes it's it's kind of hard to just like do little things at work because I'm like, oh, hey, how's your week? How's that? And I get I start getting tired. I don't know if it's because I'm being a bad listener or whatever, but as the day goes on, like I'm talking to like I still want to talk to these people because I do care about how their day is going. But man, I get real tired after like the 30th person. I'm like, this is a big warehouse. Why do I feel compelled to talk to every single person and see how they're doing? And I mean, granted, usually it's just like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? But there's like 10 to 15 people out of like the entire warehouse that I'm just like, I would not mind sitting and picking your brain for like the next half hour and learning more about you. But like I said, I get really tired. That and I guess I'm there to work. I don't know. It's, it should give me a paycheck to honestly just do like wellness checks on people and just see how they're doing, like kind of vibe with them. That'd be the ideal job, honestly. Just get to know people and be their friend. That's what a lot of people need, honestly. But like I said, I'm not trying to complain about the lack of energy that I have for interacting with people. I I love interacting with people. I mean, if someone reciprocates the energy to want to talk to me, I could talk for hours. Now, granted... Sometimes you have to prod and poke and prompt me on some things. But if you give me like one prompt, I guarantee you I could talk for at least 20 minutes about it. That's how I got through most of high school. And a good chunk of like my freshman year in college. Just by like shooting from the hip. But I always phrase the idea of how this has changed to being like, it's an extrovert with introvert batteries. You love to talk to people, but you're just like, okay, talking to this person, but now I want to leave mid-conversation. 
because that's it's honestly the worst feeling. Or maybe talking to someone you don't know and being stuck in that conversation for more than that for more than like 10 seconds is the worst feeling. I don't know. It's one of the two. So technology throughout this entire pandemic has been great, right? Like we can still go to meetings and everything. We can still talk to Mima and Papa and mom, dad, Aunt Kathy, brother, sister, everyone, right? Because we've got like all these different bits of technology. Um, start of the pandemic, I wouldn't go to my folks' house because my mom's got a higher risk for um, being affected by the coronavirus, right? I, and with working on the ambulance, I was terrified of going anywhere near my family because my youngest sibling is six years old. She was like four when, when it started. Uh, my mom has kidney failure, and I just didn't want to live with that if I had caused that, you know? So I'd call them. Every chance that I got, I'd call my brother, I'd call my mom, my stepdad, my dad, and I'd talk to whoever and wh whenever I could. And that, that's nice. Now that we've gotten like a little more lax with it, my uh, my folks have returned to their old habits of not answering their phones. And my younger brother, Storm, 16, smart kid, smartest kid, like, I know, honestly. Like, I've never met someone with the intellect and capacity to roast me in such a way that I have third-degree burns. Like, kid is absolutely savage. And he can also tell you, like, how most technology works if you put it in front of it in front of it in front of him he is an it sometimes little freak but he got a phone recently and i tried calling him the other day and he sent me straight to voicemail i'm like what the heck so i tried calling his older brother andrew and i'm like okay call him rings rings and he texts me he's like yes i'm like i called you to talk to you he's like then he doesn't respond. I'm like, you're the worst. So then I call my mom. My mom usually gives the phone to my younger sister. And with that, I never hear from her. So then I'll call my other sister and be like, hey, tell mom to call me when she gets a chance. She's like, okay. And it's like three days later, I'm like, she's like, oh, I'm sorry I missed your call. I'm like, mom, that was three days ago. Why didn't you call me three days ago? Or even two days ago. And she's like, oh, I forgot. And I never know your work schedule. And I'm like, that's a valid excuse sometimes. Um, not on the weekend so much. But like, I get it. You get busy. And I'm not complaining about my family. I love my family to death. But it's like, does everyone's family act like that? Do I mean, I know some, some people, you call them and they're just like, nope. Send you straight to voicemail. Like, they just ignore it. And I get that. You don't want to talk to people. Um, not everyone's like me. Or, I, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. Like, it's good to be unique. It's good to have your own habits and little idiosyncrasies. Mine is I'd like to talk to people for too long. So I really wanted to, like, wrap up with the idea of something good. And the last thing that I could think of that was really good is the 
good employers that exist in the world. Or rather, maybe just a good boss. You know the one, the one that really just wants you to succeed and thrive and be happy with life. They know that you're not getting paid enough, but they know what you're worth and they're going to push you to be better and to achieve higher. Granted, some people are that for themselves. For those people that are entrepreneurs or self-employed, I commend you. I don't think I have that type of dedication to myself, you know? I really... I have a lot of self-love for myself. Like I could take a 12-hour nap and that's that's some self-love right there. But for the ones that really want us to move forward with our career, whether it's with the company we're at or somewhere else, those are the people that really help build not just better working class, but people that want to lead. My my boss, my current boss, my uh, direct supervisor is one of those people. He really encourages me to strive to be better. He, he came up to me within the first week and he's like, listen, I recognize how you're doing things. You're very meticulous and well thought out person, but I need you to sit down, to stop for a second, take a deep breath and just kind of let it go because I know you can do anything and everything that you need to within this warehouse if I tell you to do it after I've showed it to you. And he's right. Everything that he's showed me so far, everything that he's taught me, everything that I've done, I've been successful at because I've learned it from him or the people that he's worked with that have also learned it in a way that's successful. He takes successful habits and passes those on to the people that work under him. And the thing is, he doesn't see it as like, oh, you work under me. I'm your boss, but we are working together towards the same goal. And if you're happy, that'll make for better work. It'll make for a better life for you. And at the end of the day, it's one of those great things. Granted, I still recognize him as my boss. I still have a great deal of respect. In fact, I think I have more respect for him because he'll go up to each one of us on our team and he'll talk to them. He'll ask like, oh, how's the wife? How's the kids? And he'll keep asking those open-ended questions to really get to know who he's working with and find out those strengths and weaknesses, which is a tremendous, le tremendous leadership skill. And the guy knows his way. Like he's got a degree. He's worked in a... Fortune 500, Fortune 100, a few a few Fortune like companies, you know? And here he is talking to someone that's not even like officially working there as far as like the company. I'm just a temp right now. Um but yes beginning of this week he walks up to me, he's like, Marco, there's a shift lead position outside of our department. Go apply for it. I'm like, what? Listen, I want you to succeed. I want you to make more money. It's not going to be anything near what you're worth, but I want you to do it and I want you to crush it. And I'm like, you got it. And then he comes up to me after I did that. He's like, I saw you wrote your name down. I'm like, yeah, you, you thought I should do it. So I did it. He's like, good. Now send me your resume ASAP so I can actually like look it over and see what I can do to help you what I can do to prep you for it. And maybe not just for this job, but like for whatever you go forward with, because I know you want to like 
move up and make a comfortable life for those you care for. And it's people like those who recognize what you're about, what really motivates you, that astound me. Because you work in a world where the working class is just something that exists, right? We're just the foundation for everything else to stand on top of. And it's kind of, it's top heavy. Like it's, and it looks like it's going to topple sometimes. But people like that who have knowledge and share it, people like that who have something to spare and they're not stingy with sparing it for someone else, those are the people that we need more of in the world. And he, he'll literally come up to me sometime sometimes and he'll just he'll crack a joke about something I'm like hey that wasn't funny and he'll be like yeah I know I'm a re- I'm a real garbage human being and he says it jokingly but like he's he's a humble guy like he want he's competitive by all means but he definitely wants to be recognized as someone who's the best at what he does but he actually has the words to back it up because he quantifies success as how far have the people that work for me, that work with me, go. Because he doesn't want someone to just stay at the basic level. And I respect that. How are you going to have, how are you going to, sorry, how are you going to be comfortable being in a position where you're meant to basically lead and grow your department but you don't want the people under you to grow outward and upward I mean when you're gardening you don't let your plants stay under a basket right no you want it to grow big and strong it needs sunlight you gotta water it you gotta Give it good soil. And that's what good bosses do. And some of my favorite jobs, they're, they weren't the best paying jobs, but I've had, they, but they were amazing people, amazing employers. My first bosses, um, they taught me a lot about treating people like people. Granted, I didn't have an issue with that. I was definitely a lot more temperamental when I was younger. But they taught me the value of treating people like people. And that sometimes being earnest and genuine is the best way for people to recognize you. I mean, as soon as I wrote down my name on that list, I had a guy that was in the department that I'd be a shift lead over. He comes over to me and he says, Marco. I see you want to be my shift lead. I'm like, if it's meant to be, man, it's meant to be. He's just like, well, if there's anyone on that list that I want to be my shift lead, it's you. I think you'd be really good at it, and I think you're really intelligent. And this, that blew me away. I've been there two months. And like I said, I like to talk to people. But this fellow, we, we talk pretty sparsely. But he'll he'll be driving by on his forklift and... Throughout the day, we'll exchange pleasantries, and it just really blew me away that someone else recognized that. And that's one of the things that, like, 
good leadership like really brings out. They recognize the strengths that people have and then it's not it's something that they make known to other people. And then when they tell the other people, those other people watch you and they're like, wow. And it's that level of appreciation, that level of gratitude and kind words, the compassion that people have towards you in a workplace that really make a job worth having. The, the saying goes that you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life, right? Now, I don't think this is the end goal. I mean, that'd be kind of foolhardy to say that I want to work X, Y, and Z at 25 for the rest of my life. But you never know. I'm open to whatever the future may bring. But it's people like that that really just thrive off of having their people succeed and counting that is their success for being genuinely happy because we have too much in the world where people are just like, I'm so envious of their success. I'm envious that so-and-so has a girlfriend or boyfriend or I'm envious that so-and-so is making $100,000 a year and I'm over here making twenty-two. We don't need that in the world. We've seen a lot this year where the world has shown us its ugly side, where it's bared its fangs and... A lot of people got bit, and what do they do? They lash out at other people. There are a lot of divides that we have right now. There are a lot of angry homes, a lot of angry places, and there's a lot of injustice in the world that we've seen in this time. I don't know if this pandemic has just made those things occur. Well, Let's be honest. It has not helped, but it has also made them more prevalent because it's brought them to a brighter light. And we can't ignore those kinds of things. We can't ignore the ugliness that the world has to offer. What we can and should do is work towards changing it. And that starts with the little things in our lives. Yeah, there'll be bad days, but the more you appreciate the good in life, small, tiny instances, like you woke up early enough to see the sunrise. Your wife made you your favorite breakfast. You took a breath of fresh air this morning. You can call your mom you can dream of where you want to be and try and manifest that. You have someone that believes in you. Those are the things that we really need. Those are the things that just make life worth living. So, if you've had a bad week, sorry about that. I hope that ends with whatever 
miserable thing is happening right now. And the next journey is a good one. I hope your best friend calls you and tells you how much they miss you. I hope someone reminds you that they love you every day. I hope your pets are happy to see you when they come home. They run up and just they can't contain it. But most importantly, I hope you go forward this day and just enjoy the small things. If you stuck around and listened to the entire thing, thank you. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, or ideas what I should talk about next or just ramble about, let me know. I'm always open to criticism. Uh, just be nice about it. My name is Marco White, and I hope you have a wonderful night. Bye.